everyone, my name is Jennifer Miam and welcome to La Vie Moments of Truth, Life Stories That Inspires. Today we have a super special guest and I'm very honored and it's my privilege to introduce you guys to this wonderful lady. And let me share with you my first impression of this one. Oh my goodness. I remember seeing seeing Miss Fox because I have to say Miss Fox because I can't properly pronounce her first name. And there's a story with this because my nephew's name is Casey. And when I call her, it sounds like I'm calling my nephew. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to call you Miss Fox. And mm -hmm. it's been Miss Fox ever since. So Miss Fox, when I first saw her, I was like very, very much very impressed. She was at her age very young, but she was very mature. She carried herself very well. And she knew exactly what she was going through, what she wanted. And again, when they said age, she was really very young. And I've never seen, I haven't seen much of young adults that actually at her caliber with the way she's thinking and the way she's pursuing her career. Not only that, and also thinking purposely bigger, thinking bigger with purpose. And I know she uh, recently also uh, changed the business model for business for purpose. And for me, for a young person to think that way so much bigger than herself is someone that I really admire and inspire because at her age, and I'm, I'm like looking at my age, I'm like, holy moly. So I do have a high, deeply respect this person. And I'm very honored and privileged to introduce you guys to her. So Miss Fox, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I know Miss Fox that you've um, you are now you're known in our community from coming from four jobs to four businesses. You want to explain a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I moved to California about five years ago. Um, I like to say that it was the best and worst decision of my life. Um, <laughs> I moved here for a guy, and obviously that didn't work out. You know, coming here changed my life. Um, I met. <clears throat> When I started working for Steven and Angela, our mentor, um, uh, I was working four day jobs. They were my fourth day job, and um, I uh, was financially drowning, uh, living off of 110% of my income, like student, uh, not student loans, um, payday loans and credit cards, and um, just could not um, stay above water. Every time I got paid, I was in debt again. Um, so just a constant state of drowning and then I met Stephen and Angela and I was coming in to work for them at like 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. because I um, was working other jobs and so that was the only time I could come and one night Angela came to me and she was like, do you want to be doing this for the rest of your life? And I was like, no. And uh, so then that kind of started um, the mentorship journey of them teaching me um, how to change my mindset and um, I went from cleaning their dishes to them teaching me how to edit photos because their their baby is photography so they taught me how to edit photos and then how to be a second shooter and then how to manage their photographers and then eventually how to manage all of their corporations and so today I now manage all um, 10 of their uh, corporations as well as all four of my own businesses Wow that's wow <laughs> now talk about getting things a lot done yes <laughs> okay because i know you've uh you've been uh you've been guests with so many podcasts and talking about entrepreneurship that's really really cool yeah how was that experience 
It was actually a lot of fun. When you're talking with somebody else who has a entrepreneurial mindset as well, um, like, and I'd never spoken to them before mm-hmm. other than, like, through email because they just, like, reached out to me. Um, and, um, like, the things that we connected on was so awesome and that we, and we like, talked about so many different things and the um, and just constantly, like, talking, like, giving nuggets that you don't even think about on a normal basis, you know what I mean? Because right. when you're having a conversation with another entrepreneur about, like, how to be an entrepreneur, um, you can really... Do you really have a, a like a deeper conversation? Right, right. And not only that, because you went through the process, so you can easily speak from the heart and speak from experience. So right. that helps a lot. So this is going to be a little bit interesting because okay. we are in Levy moments of truth, <laughs> life stories that inspires. Of course, entrepreneurship journey is such a such a tough journey, and it's not for everyone. No. But the people that are actually walking it, running it, and grinding it are the one that's really. I appreciate these people. Um, just recently, I, I just uh, I've seen people speak to thousands of people in events, mm-hmm. but in the back end, their lives are still like normal people. You don't yeah. know what's happening behind the scene. Right. Just like you running the show of ten corporations, you make it look so easy, <laughs> but a lot of us don't see behind the scene. Right. There's so much behind the scene that 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 we don't know about. Nobody really talks to because it's something that it's not like. In, in the movie, it's not glamorous. It's a lot of work and a lot of stress and a lot mm-hmm. of, like... Micromanaging. Right. Mike, you know, like, butt heads yeah. and promotions. <laughs> Putting out fires. Putting out fires. And these are not exciting to really, like, openly talk to, right? Right. So so my question here is for us, and I, I, I do appreciate this platform because it's about real people going through real things in life. Mm-hmm. So... Aside from the entrepreneurial journey, because you're very, very much successful in it, what's what's a moment? What's a moment of truth in your life? A switch where you had to choose either fight or flight. Um, I had a really uh, troublesome childhood. Um, I was physically, sexually, and emotionally abused as a kid, and um, I, at the age of uh, well, in sixth grade, so 11, 12, I don't remember ex- exactly how old I was, um, I tried to commit suicide for the first time. And um, uh, that led to my addiction to self-harming, um, so cutting. And um, so I had uh, any time that, it, like, every day, nearly every day, I would cut myself um, from, the, from sixth grade to... Um, 11th grade. So for what, four years, I was self-mutilating on a regular basis. Um, and not in the way that like, um, yeah, like it was not something that I showed people to try to get attention. It was because it was the only way that I knew how to cope with my emotional pain. Um, and I still have all the scars today. Um, but it was actually, um, at a, um, a friend of mine at, in high school invited me to go to her church. And so I had been going regularly just for the, like the kids services, but never, um, never an actual service service. And then they invited me to, um, to go with them to this like music conference. And so I went to the music conference and it was during one of the, um, one of the artists, one of the artists was singing about how, like, singing as if um, God was speaking to a girl who was um, self-mutilating, 
Um, and that was the first time in my life that I'd ever felt the love of Jesus Christ. And um, I think that that was probably the most pivotal moment of my life. Um, I honestly would probably be a drug addict or something today if it wasn't for that friend who invited me to church and then going to that um, music conference and that that feeling that I, like I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's probably the the biggest um, moment, like shift in my life, um, where I had to um, where I had to make the decision that if that I wanted to either be a victim or I wanted to be a victor. You know what I mean? Because cutting myself made myself the victim. You know what I mean? I was um, oh poor pity me. Everybody else would be better off without me. Um, you know, like not facing my problems. And it was, it still took like, like into my adulthood until learning how to become an entrepreneur before I fully faced my reality, uh, my, like my issues, you know what I mean? And I think that we're still constantly facing battles. Um, but, uh, that's definitely the, um, the, probably the biggest turning point in my life where I had to make the decision to either continue the way that I'd been going about life or pick a new direction. Wow. <laughs> my heart is actually tight right now. <laughs> Not to be joking, but man, that's that's deep. That's yeah. And 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 for that person to be able to have the courage to invite you and take you to the space and the person probably didn't even know you're going through stuff but that just that one person has definitely shifted your life wow yeah that's 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 crazy i mean good crazy yeah definitely good crazy <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah i um i guess it's uh i've been through so much in my life that um that that's definitely the most um uh that's probably the mo the biggest turning point um, emotionally, you know yeah. what I mean? But like the decision to no longer be broke and to to get a handle on my finances and to become an entrepreneur, um, you know what I mean? Like there's tons of other like big decisions that I've had to make and to to fight or to to do nothing. You know what I mean? Um, if you don't mind, you don't have to answer this question, but. I know a lot of people that know people that uh, cut, yeah. inflict pain in themselves. Mm -hmm. So most of us know there's, that the person is going through pain, mm -hmm. but we don't understand it. Right. And and there's a stereotype that you know it's just like you said earlier, attention. maybe attention, blah blah blah. But I think it's deeper than that. It's it's more because, like you said that was your outlet at the time mm -hmm. to release the pain is to feel m more pain than what you're currently feeling to make the pain feel less it. right yeah so going back to it as now that you're an adult with a better outlook on life much more positive but you do have a a program called Meowtivation. Yes, I do. <laughs> and your daily uh, motivation with uh, with with Fox, which is what the Fox say. Yep. It's just uh, an amazing thing now. But looking back, 
what did you think that young lady, that young woman that you are to be now, what do you think she needed at that time? Um, I think she needed to understand that she wasn't alone. You know what I mean? Because I bounced around different families within my family, you know, um, different homes. So I never had like real stability. I didn't understand what it, what what it was like to feel like I was safe. You know what I mean? And so I always felt, even into adulthood, that I had to do everything myself. As soon as I was 17, I graduated, I was out of the house. Like, I've been living on my own since I was 17. Um, so, like, uh, I I think that um, what I needed to, to know back then was that I wasn't alone. You know what I mean? And that, um, because you really, because when you're in emotional pain, you, you tend to isolate yourself, especially when you've been hurt by a lot of different people. So you think that if I isolate myself from the world, then these people don't, like, nobody else can hurt me. Right. Um, so, and yeah, when, what you were saying about that is some people who do cut themselves, it is for attention. It's, right. it's a cry for help. You know what I mean? Don't ever, like, like, when I was in high school, people would make fun of people who were cutting. Because, like, oh, they just want attention. Like, they're not serious. Right. But self-mutilation is still a serious, like, subject. <clears throat> Whether they're looking for just attention or they're looking for, like, or it's an actual, like, like issue. Like, mine, as you said, yeah, it was a coping mechanism. I learned that with these with enough physical pain I could mask the emotional pain that I was dealing with um but I think that if you if you know anybody who is like self-mutilating in any way um it's an addiction it really is it's just like drugs alcohol anything like that because even after I like I felt the love of God it was still um a couple of years before I would go through stress and not want to cut myself because it was my coping mechanism. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, like it was how I dealt with mass amounts of like stress when shit hit the fan, I would cut myself. <laughs> and so, um, and that's just how I dealt with it. You know what I mean? I don't deal with it like that anymore. Um, but, but think about it like a drug addiction. It's something that that um, it's how you cope with your current situation. Whether because so, some people even get are addicted to television, they sit and they drain themselves with television. Um, everybody's addiction, everybody's coping mechanism is different. So if you know somebody um, who does that, it's best if you can just be as supportive as possible, and don't ever shame them for what they're doing because then they just won't show you that they're doing it. You know what I mean? I had people who were like, who would make fun of me or like not, not, um, or like, be like, why are you doing that? Yada, yada, yada. And that is not a helpful way to deal with somebody who's, who has an addiction. Um, and that, uh, and that's honestly what it was. It was an addiction. Um, so, well, thank goodness with the grace of God. Yes. The f there's a friend that says, Hey, come. Yeah. But, um, knowing what you know now, again, I love, I love going back to, what you could have said to yourself, what you could have done, but I know you're not going to look back because it's the experience through through this journey that where we are today. That's mm -hmm. who Miss Fox today, right? Because of all these things. But just for the people that's listening out there, so you had this friend as a shift that instead of going flight, you fought. 
you fought for your life. But what if there was no friend? Now that you are, as an this uh, adult, successful, mentally stable, empowered, confident, courageous, compassionate, how would you then help Miss Fox then? You know, um, side topic, but still talking about that it was interesting because as soon as you said, "What if there wasn't that friend?" Excuse me, I probably wouldn't be an entrepreneur today, and not not just because of like I was probably gonna like keep cutting myself and end up being addicted to drugs, but um, because my friend who invited me to church helped me have my first look at Christianity. When I first started working for Stephen Angela, I had already been a Christian once. Um, uh, so, and Stephen and Angela are already ministers, and so they started pouring into me as ministers, right? Like, inviting me to church and whatnot, um, right off the bat. So, um, I would have been a lot less receptive to them had I not already seen the love of Christ. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, it's fascinating to even think about that, that just that part alone, I probably wouldn't be here today as an entrepreneur if my friend hadn't invited me to church. Um, but if my friend hadn't, like, invited me, even even though she invited me, um, I never spoke with her about any of the issues, you know? Um, I still mostly overcame the issue on my own. Um, uh, and I say mostly because, like, I, I, when I officially quit, I had other friends and support systems and whatnot, so... I could vent in other more positive ways than um, than that coping mechanism, but um, I didn't go through any like like specific kind of therapy or anything like that. I think that if my friend hadn't invited me to church, what could have like what I would have what you would have needed at the time what I would have needed at the time is just somebody to genuinely pour into you. You know what I mean. I think that a lot of times teenagers feel isolated, um, especially teenagers who have had troubled situations. Because if you look at like a, my class, I moved back when I was um, when I that all that happened. Um, originally, I was in Wisconsin, which was a large high school, and then I moved to Florida, which was a much 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 smaller high school. Um, and I felt like I was alone. I had, like, what, a couple of really good friends, but I never talked to them about the issues. Right. Um, and the... Because all the people in my high school, like, had perfect life. Yeah, perfect. I say perfect very loosely because nobody has a perfect home. But th I think that that too often, as adults, also as teenagers, is that we try to portray this, I have this perfect life thing, you know, to, like, make everybody impressed, to make everybody, like, think, oh, oh, awesome me, I have this perfect life, when really they're struggling. And I think that if we were just more open about our struggles, that we could impact the people who are also struggling. Because if we're never open about it, we can never help anybody else, and we don't know what everybody else is going through. No, not at all. So right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I really, really appreciate you pouring out. That's, of course. That's, uh, I'm having tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm going back in time with Miss Fox. <laughs> and I really get to like, because I do, you know, like just, just imagine just the process and how that would have felt. And even though I don't go through it, but the way I would 
relate to it is to really deeply like put myself in your shoes mm -hmm. and and it's very hard especially nowadays to have a confidant mm -hmm. a person that you can really pour out to and not judge you but just take you for who you are yeah but but it's also there to empower you and change you to become a better person so uh last question about the past okay because i'd love to move to the future and the now because it's more exciting um what belief what belief that you wish you didn't catch or learn during your childhood? 